This week on Out Now with Aaron Abe, we're talking how to train your dragon, colon, the hidden world. I want to be a bright fury. I want to go to bark. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, good morning. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some very various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode, this is episode 353. 353. Another palindrome. Palindrome time. Numerical palindromes. Yeah, I don't know when they show up. <laughs> you just have to follow your nose. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you do it? For That's, numbers? Yeah. It, 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 I, I don't think it doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, good good double negative there. there you, yeah, there you go. And this week for three five three, we're talking how to train your dragon: colon the hidden world. Mm-hmm. The possibly concluding chapter of How to Train Your Dragon. Mm, probably, maybe we'll see. Uh, it had a had a strong opening weekend, the best yeah, of the series. There, there's a question mark at the end of my probably. I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe they keep going. They it scored really well this weekend, so yeah. good, on, good on the film as far as its box office goes, and as far as Universal's acquisition of DreamWorks. So you know, we'll see where things go. Regardless, joining us today to discuss how to train your dragon, Cole in the Hidden World. We have shorts programmer for the Newport Beach Film Festival, owner of a level five dragon with a combustible breath. It's Anna Bosch. Hey hey hey, that's me. Also, also joining us from Geeks of Doom, regretting the missed opportunity to, of seeing How to Train Your Dragon on ice, it's Michael Lee. Hello, yeah, I just forgot to reserve my tickets, so yeah. I was more excited to hear you say, actually, I did see on ice, because then I'd have tons <laughs> of questions. <laughs> they sold out. I I, like I said, I forgot to reserve my tickets, huh. so yeah, I was gravely disappointed. And you're close to the... Well, it's not the pond anymore, too. What is it? The Anaheim? <laughs> it's the Honda Center now. The Honda Center. Yes. Oh, that's a nice name. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's our plan right <laughs> Before we get to anything, guys, our plan right now is to revive the How to Train Your Dragon Ice show so all of us can go. We'll get Abe to come I, down I, here. We'll record I, a live exactly. podcast in the nosebleed section. It'll be great. You tell the mayor of Anaheim yes. that's the only lo- way I'm flying down. I looked. At, I had to do you research. I was looking up the How to Train Your Dragon okay, series. Guys, I know they have like Disney on ice, so I wasn't in the know that there's a How to Train Your Dragon on ice. Babe, this is a massively popular I'm franchise. I'm look it up now. Y- you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there is a How to Train Your Dragon on ice, and I'm very curious how it happens. Wait, what? When does it come, like... It already... Ha- I assume it already happened. Unless it's coming. Unless I got, like, ahead of the game. Okay. But it's on the... It's on How to Train Your Dragon's Wikipedia page. Oh. Okay. I mean, if it's there, it must be true. Right. That's, that's how Wikipedia works, right? Like, this is in 2004. You can verify Wikipedia now. <laughs> I'm not gonna cite that I'm in my change essay. That no one cites right it in now. their essay, but they have the links to where they got that information from. Oh, come on. Be... Be more serious. <laughs> See, now I'm going to change the entry and say, Aaron says this. Oh, exactly. It is. Oh, what? So I'm, I'm sorry. This, Did so you say that there is a How to Train Your Dragon on I'm, Ice show? Yes. I'm okay, then. from fandom, and it says, I like how it's, they call, they start off like, what happens when you take ice, add fire-breathing dragons, and put them both together? You get out newest ice skating show featuring your favorite characters from DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragon. Boom. So it, it actually appears on the Royal... Royal Caribbean cruise ships. 
in collaboration with DreamWorks Animation. It's oh, so on water on ice? <laughs> water on ice? This has so many layers. You get to go on a ship <laughs> containing an ice rink and having a theatrical ice skating show. All right. Well, now that, that really mystery deep. solved, this has been out now there underneath. <laughs> You can find more of my work. <laughs> let's uh, okay. Let's get into the show here. Let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, the Oscars. They're ha- at the time of this recording, they're happening. By the time you listen to this recording, they'll have happened, which means that you can listen to both our prediction show. I don't know why you do that at that point, but you can because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and you can listen to our result show, which we recorded minutes after the Oscars had ended. They're mm. both a lot of fun. Anna, Abe, Mark, and I all went over our predictions, as well as what happened at the Oscars, which I assume was a complete success and lasted only two hours and 58 minutes. But we'll see what happens. That would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, those shows are available on iTunes now. What else? Speaking of iTunes, iTunes reviews and ratings, it is good to get those. If you like our antics concerning things involving things that are on ice or Oscars or both, it could happen. Uh, Go on to iTunes, give us a rating (laughs) and review. That'd be great. Oscars on ice. (laughs) That's a concept. (laughs) They should really switch things up. Watch it happen. Watch the Dolby Theater, like, opens up the floor, and it's, like, presenting the Oscars on ice. Now, Billy Crystal! For some reason, Michael Buffer's there now. It's really strange. It's a strange show. I mean, Michael Buffer's anywhere where you pay him. What? He's gonna be anywhere where you pay him. That's true. Yeah. Alright. But yeah, I assume they're gonna use ratings. Good to get those. Helps other show. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's move on now. Let's get to some Know Everybody. Each week we ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to Know Everybody. everybody? I like on, that. <laughs> I, I like we were on track because we're sitting next to you, and you're, and you're like, I'm going to jump in and say it fast, and then we all end at the same time. That was good. That's what Perfect. I'm saying. That was good. It's the opposite of harmonizing, some would say. <laughs> it was um around. Yeah. It was kind of going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Abe, do you have a question for us? I have a question for you guys. Do you guys, or does a movie or animated TV show or what have you come to mind where they replaced a character and were like pretty nonchalant about it with a different actor, different voice actor or different actor? Mm, it's very in-depth. <laughs> I mean, for an animated? Let's see. All right, for an animated show? I, yeah, show or, or movie. Or movie? I mean, Dad Castellaneta was genie in the Aladdin I was about to series, refer to that, yeah. Like, in both Return of Jafar and the, like, 100-episode animated show that they had. Good pull. And then Robin Williams came... They, they made this a point. They, he came back for King, for, um, King of Thieves, because basically they just settled the lawsuits that were going on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Homer re- Simpson himself. He returned to voice genie again for the third... Hmm. Aladdin movie. Which is kind I mean, of impressive, I guess, given that it's a direct-to-video sequel, but Robin Williams is starring in it. I mean, that's that's notable. That's what you put on the front cover. I, I, and, I mean, was DJ's full house? I mean, I'm sorry, not DJ, but uh, what's her boyfriend's name? Steve. Steve, yeah. Is wrestler Steve also in that one? Yeah, well, yes. I, I think they could afford, what's his name? I think it's Scott something. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, no, pretty, yeah, it's like Scott something. Uh, it probably is. The the voice of Aladdin and yes, yeah, Steve from Full House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Scott, it's Scott something. I don't have my. So you guys both go with uh, Dan Castle and Netta. That's that's the go to I can think of as far. So you're referring to T.J. Miller not being in How to Train Your Dragon. Scott well, at first I was like, is that T.J.? Because it kind of sounds like T.J. Scott Wagner. There it is. Or no, yeah, yeah. I was and gonna say Scott Wyland, like, and I'm like, that's not right. I was right. like, wow, they didn't even list uh, uh, Roughnut or Toughnut, whichever one it is. 
And then I, I waited for the full cast sequence. It's like, they still didn't list them. And then I'll check that IMDb later. I was like, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I did find it, not to get too far into T.J. Miller land, but I, I did find it, I found it curious that he was, like, more prominently featured in this movie. I was like, well, that's a choice. And then, like, oh, he's not even, that's not actually his, that's not actually his voice. He's not in the third one, no. He's not in the third one. They replaced him, but it's a good sound to like, because I was like, huh, there's a lot of T.J. Miller in this round of British yeah, exactly. okay. they did. They did their homework. Okay. All right. Anyway. I have a question for you guys. Yes. Okay. Um, how do you train your dragon? Mm, carefully. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> I would probably have mine train kind of like Rocky. Like oh. the Balboa movies, like mm-hmm. kind of doing the the whole like pulling the car, like, you know. Putting so, the... so your dragon's trained for strength. So yeah, it's going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit workout with my dragon. Okay. And there'll be montages. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and music. Very so story music. Go. That's how I'll train my dragon. Got it. So some hit thrown in with some boxing. Michael, any uh, strategy for training your dragon? Uh, Like a Pokemon, I guess. There you go. <laughs> Does it also just, go, just, just go around like different parts of the world and then, yeah, collect badges and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. You've got, you've got a practical answer. Your, your dinosaurs or your dragon's making you money. Exactly. I mean, if honest training occurs like Rocky, it could make her like a ton of money in one in one go. That it's is true. true, yeah. And then you can have a robot at your house. Plus, you you know buy stock in the streaming service that airs the fight. So you know, mm-hmm. double double that right there. <laughs> I really would be making out. You get a Michael Buffer disowned. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how about you? you? Watch too much TV. <laughs> how, how about me? Yeah. Oh, I would tra- I would train by a dragon in the. The art of deduction, and then I would have Universal announce Detective Toothless next year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Also starring Ryan Reynolds. Or what? Yeah, who's who's the voice cast there? The voice cast? Well, it'd be Hugh Jackman as Toothless, obviously, since they're in a they're in a whole thing with him and Ryan Reynolds. With with the real Australian accent? Yeah, of course. Why? Well, tooth, okay. tooth, I always figured Toothless is Australian. That's why he's the last one. Because at the he's at the end of the world. Um, and. Uh, What's his face? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan would be a. <laughs> he'd be the villain. He'd... No, he wouldn't be the villain. He'd be the the kid that's. I mean, he's not a kid anymore. But he'd be the guy that's running around tech detective toothless. <laughs> and then just I like be... it. This is rated R. And then it'd just be Jaiwan Hansu as the villain, just re- not reprising his role as um, Drago in How to Train Your Dragon Two. Uh... <laughs> detective Toothless, guys, twenty twenty one. It's happening. It's, it's coming out that soon? They can it's render, ready in pre-production? They can render that pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. It's going to look like a 2008, but yeah. There you go. <laughs> and that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. It's a good round. It's a good round, guys. <laughs> good to say. <laughs> Maybe one of our best. <laughs> Let's get down to quickies. Yep. Each week, not only one movie, with the other one's way, we're going to go quickies. Trademark. He did that while holding a jelly donut. Are you eating donuts right now? <laughs> maybe I am, maybe I'm not. <laughs> How dare you? Can you hear me eating donuts? Uh, no. So no, quickly. then, okay then. We don't have to worry about <laughs> behind, <laughs> behind the curtain here. 
did well, it's great. You guys haven't heard me eat pancakes. So. <laughs> You're eating pancakes? <laughs> yeah. We all got breakfast without you, Abe. That was what happened this morning. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I was going to mention that Aaron did that so quickly that he squeezed a jelly out of his donut. <laughs> It's like dream. It's like on a napkin. It's fine. <laughs> this is about how no quickies, not Aaron's breakfast. <laughs> trademark. And thank you for adding the trademark game. <laughs> is this our most popular episode, by the way? <laughs> probably, probably not. Because <laughs> I'm having a blast right now. <laughs> if I had breakfast too, maybe I'd be having a blast, Michael and Aaron. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Dave, have you seen any other movies since we've last talked? Uh, you mean since in in the uh, thirty hours since we've last talked? <laughs> sure, but also no, in I general. haven't. How about how about in general? Uh, in general, yes, I, I was watching Your Name, uh, the animated or the anime movie from a couple years ago, uh, because it was on sale at Amazon, and I was really disappointed because I bought the English version. You don't have subtitle options. It was it was specifically the dubbed version, so I, my fingers were too fast for my brain. Not too fast, but too furious because you went through with it. Yeah. Yeah, now I've got this movie that I guess only my nieces can watch because, you know, they're not going to read subtitles. Well, you know, there was Your Name News recently because they are making an American remake, and Mark Webb is going to be directing it. Uh, 500 Days of Summer? And Spider-Man fame, yes. Yay. <laughs> that was enthusiastic. I, I, don't, I actually think that's a good choice. I, I mean, 500 Days of Summer, I think it's, you know, it has that. But they're also... It. Gifted, also, too, was actually... And Gifted, nice. yeah, I like Gifted quite a bit. And also, yeah. I mean, say what you will about those Spider-Man movies, I like them more than most, but I do think that shows that he has a command for, you know, genre-type material, so combining those skills together, I think there's a possible good movie coming out of that. Hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what see. happens. And it's not, I mean, for an anime, it's not just, as like... It's just been announced. Too, yeah, it's right? just been announced, yeah. But for an anime, it's not as like, you know, heavily fantasy-based as some other adaptations have been, so I mean, it's not like it's the most complicated movie to kind of realize in a live-action way. I mean, you know, things happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. Well, Michael, how about you? What have you seen recently? Uh, well, I saw a screening of Captain Marvel, and I guess I'll keep that to myself later? Or can I talk about it? <laughs> Are you allowed to say brief yeah, thoughts on Well, they said we were allowed to tweet our post so yeah well, so you can read your post. twitter post <laughs> i can read my twitter post well i liked it a lot and um there are quite a few surprises and it definitely takes uh a change of direction for like marvel comics so yeah don't expect it to go quite literally as um the comics go okay all right that was less than 240 characters <laughs> Well, there's also the GIF code. Now, now this is tweet number two. Now you're doing a thread. <laughs> but I'm sorry, you were saying? No, there's also the adding the GIF code and whatnot. So, yeah, oh. <laughs> so quite a few characters. I'm throwing a, a verbal GIF in there. <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> Anything else you've seen recently? No, that's it. All right. Anna, how about you? What have you seen recently? Let's see. Snow White. Yeah. And, and the Seven Dwarfs? The yes. very same. <laughs> the, wait, there are other versions out there, so. Oh, that's true. Yes, we so, did. We okay. watched. Yeah, let was... me let mm-hmm. me clarify that it is Disney's um, Snow White. What year is that? 39? That was the first. Is it the thirties? So thirty-nine or forty? Basically, kind of you know going back to the Disney classics because so Aaron and I we watched that a couple of weeks ago. It was the last okay. week. 
And um, thirty-seven. Jeez. Thirty-seven. Okay. Pinocchio's forty. I know that. Okay. And it's it's. I like it. I still like it. I don't think I would to think back of like putting it high like on the Disney list, but I would. I think I would put it after my um my favorite Beauty and the Beast because Snow White. Yeah. I really liked Ooh. it. Like it's a good Beauty one. The Beast number one. That's a good pick. And um. Oh, thank you. And then let's see. We just started Robin Hood, the Disney. I'm not. Yes, yeah, not Abe's favorite movie of 2018. Taron Egerton, Jamie Foxx is Robin Hood. <laughs> yes, not that one. And Completely so forgot far, that came out. So far, it's it's just been fun, like kind of going um, what do you call it? Going back. Going back to the, like the Disney classics, mm-hmm. and so we started that last night. We'll finish it probably today. I'm sure. Okay. And it's fun. Like that wait whole opening. Just talking the South. Can't wait for that review. <laughs> <laughs> with the whole opening with the rooster. Like, I don't think you'll find fun. that anymore. No, that yeah, that one's not available. Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically the couple films I've seen. I like it. Yeah. Kinda of going back and not seeing most things recent. Like that's out modern. It's it's always good to go and, and see hand drawn animation. It is. It's been fun, yeah. you know? Are you just I like... agree. I'm letting you talk. <laughs> I'm not trying to jump in. You can, because you watched them with me, too. I I understand that. Okay. Well, yes. So that's what I've seen. All right. I've seen a couple things. Um, I saw Greta this week, the Neil Jordan film with um, Isabel Huppert and uh, Chloe Moretz. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard oh, good yeah, things. yeah. It's fine. Like, it's it's a standard, like kind of like stalker thriller type movie like you've seen this story before but it's neil jordan so it has a kind of artsy quality to it Um, like like if you've seen neil jordan films like past the crying game they all they all kind of like start with jazz like modern jazz and have a the plots tend to be in his films tend to be pretty familiar yet the the way he's telling it feels to be unique to itself so for that reason it kind of works and like who is having fun being like a over-the-top villain essentially like it has it's <laughs> it's not unentertaining it's just nothing like all that fresh so you know got it mileage may vary um and i also saw hotel mumbai uh, okay yeah this, yeah this film has dev patel army hammer and a bunch of other people uh, based direct, on true events based on true events uh directed by anthony morass it's his first film he's made a bunch of shorts um this movie's intense like i didn't realize how intense this movie was going to be like which makes sense given the nature of things it involves right. yes this true story of terrorist attacks in mumbai particularly sending around this hotel uh, like a very fancy hotel and like once it it actually you know it's kind of not directly but it's kind of like detroit and how it's structured where it kind of starts from like the why from like a macro perspective and then it gets yeah. into the micro where it starts out like just seeing these terrorists kind of go around and doing horrible things and they, then it all focuses onto the hotel and you have a you know you have multiple perspectives of characters. Um, I can't say it's like doing much beyond informing you that this thing happened. And even then, it's kind of I would assume is making up certain characters. Like not everybody's like. I think there's kind of a, either an amalgamation of certain people to make like a few characters, or it's just adding certain things to give you a kind of unique perspectives on what's going on. Okay. At, at the same time, it is quite intense. It's well done as far as not feeling exploitative, but still feeling like you're in the moment in the way that like I think some of Paul Greengrass's better films do that handle this kind of thing. If you know what I'm referring to, things like yeah. uh, like Bloody Sunday or Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips, okay. yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it, 
it's it's a it's kind of, it's it's pretty rough because there's like a lot like there's no one becomes like an action hero in this movie. It's just more of like you're seeing people try to survive. And yeah. I mean, Dev Patel's very good in here. Um, Armin Hammer, like he does his job. Jason Isaacs is in here. Like there's you know there, it gives you you get a lot of different perspectives. I think the movie works as far as kind of a, th- a thriller. That just I don't know what more it has to really say about the topic beyond this happened and you should know about that, um, which I think brings it down a bit. But still, it's still quite well made. And given walking, and I was just like, "All right, let's see what this is." I was like, "Oh, this is this is rough. There's some rough stuff that happens in this movie." Yeah, so I would imagine. Yeah, but that's Hotel Mumbai. Uh, both of those open. I think uh, Greta opens next week. Hotel Mumbai opens. I think like middle of March. Uh, but yeah. All right. How's that a quickie? Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week when it's coming out. What we thought of it. And what have you? This week we're talking Frozen Two. The sequel to Frozen. <laughs> is that what it is? I mean, Disney couldn't let it go. <laughs> no. uh, All I needed was the setup. It was going to go there regardless, and it happened. Never do that <laughs> joke again. I, that's the, that's probably not the last time. Um, okay, well, how come Elsa couldn't hold a balloon? No, that's wrong. <laughs> Never mind. What? Well, yeah. It's something, okay, a child told me this joke. So, and then I was just like, really? And I'm like, that is funny. So it's like, I'm not going to say it correctly, but it's somewhere on the lines of like, how come Elsa couldn't hold the balloon? It's because she let it go. Uh, <laughs> was this child, was this child aired? No. And did he tell you this an hour ago? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> he too just made a let it go joke. Yes, I know. And he's good at doing jokes too, but... You gave me the setup. I just didn't deliver the punchline. <laughs> well, good job. Thanks, Abe. Thanks for comparing I'm me to a child. Yeah, I'm a guy. Well, we're talking Frozen 2. <laughs> The sequel to Frozen, the massive animated blockbuster, <laughs> still the biggest animated film of all time. Mm-hmm. What did we think of this trailer? Let's start with Michael. What did you think of the Frozen 2 trailer? Oh, it's pretty vague. I mean, we know they're on off some sort of journey, and you saw Elsa trying to, I guess, run past the giant waves and whatnot, and we don't even know why she's there. And it's, and all of a sudden, they're separated as well, it looks like. So I am just not so much confused. I'm very intrigued at like what direction they're taking this towards. And uh, yeah. All right. Anna, how about you? It's going to be Frozen 2, colon, Point Break. Okay. <laughs> I'll be down for that. He just, he just mentioned the waves. Oh, no, yeah. Well, I just watched the trailer right now. And so I'm like, yeah, those waves. It makes you think about Point Break, right? Um. It. Let's see. So, yes, I just watched it. It, like Michael was saying, it is vague. And it looks, cinematically in the production, looks great. I like the when the part with, like, uh, gosh, what's the guy's name with the reindeers? With Sven. Hans? Kristoff? No, Kristoff. There you go. Yeah, like that's that's really looks nice. It has like that warm feeling, kind of like a, you call back with like, um, if Beale Street could talk. Like, it had like, warmth to it in that mm-hmm. scene i was like oh that's nice and then like when the trailer ended yeah when anna turns around she has a sword it's like well what's that <laughs> so now i'm intrigued i want to know what's that and you know what 
and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, it's that? And I won't be happy anymore. <laughs> I won't be as intrigued. When she kills a giant snowman. <laughs> I'm just curious, because like, it does show like there's some type of risk going on uh-huh. with the second one, right? Uh-huh. Like, the first one, it was more like the sister um, friendship and storytelling, which was nice. And now this one, it definitely looks like there's more at risk here, and kind of like a little darker. And yeah. then... I'm curious, like, it looks like it does go through, like, more of the seasons now. Uh-huh. I'm curious what happens to Olaf, then. <laughs> he does have yeah. that little cool He's cloud enchanted. above him. He's fine. But... Yeah. Well, we'll I mean, if you look closely, you'll see those, like, diamond-shaped things that appear in the trailer. They're, like, four different emblem- emblems. So... Oh. so it makes it seem like there's different seasons going oh. on. Yeah, it makes it there's different seasons, yeah. This is... A- getting interesting now yeah but you know what i i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i don't think um i'm like a big frozen fan enough to be like oh my goodness i need to go see this when it comes out i know i will see it but it does look it looks intriguing it looks good it's very well done abe i can't recall are you a frozen fan i liked it uh i don't know if i loved it but i think i liked it quite a bit especially the sandwiches part (laughs) okay yeah. What did you think of the trailer for this one? So I, 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 everything you guys said, I agree with. I mean, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I think that I liked it more than I was think that I would, because uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit more light and fluffy and kind of just like, hey, by the way, here's more fun stuff for you to see. And they didn't go to that direction. They they kind of went in a direction of, hey, there's some intrigue and mystery here, and it feels different, right? Thematically, just feels as though they're on some kind of uh, adventure to maybe save a person, uh, the kingdom, or, you know, visit new friends in faraway lands. But it doesn't it, it doesn't yeah, feel... Maybe they're going to Weaseltown. Exactly, yeah. Or maybe they're going to go visit the trolls, finally. Um, but for the most part, it doesn't feel <laughs> they, like... They moved? <laughs> it's really difficult to get to them now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're finally exploring where those trolls came from and where... where, uh, where uh, what's his face? I was going to say Olaf. Kristoff? No, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Both those white guys look the same to me. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> no, they are different. I'm sure they are. Kristoff yeah, is kinda... bulkier and bigger, and then Hans he is lifts more ice. slimmer. Got it, yeah. And he has a yeah, he's an ice fan. What I was also going to say is that maybe the trolls moved back to their old home because it was a fixer-upper. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, you did it again. <laughs> you're gone from this call. All right, so uh, Aaron, Aaron is like chiming in like some of the songs. Do you all think that like there's going to be big songs in this one oh, too because the trailer yeah, no, well they brought them yeah. back they brought uh lopez back robert oh, lopez and yeah okay well because i was just curious because the trailer is like very as we said already like vague where there's not even anyone talking or anything or you get hints at, like i mean i'll go too i okay. i i think this trailer is excellent i this would I, I would say this might be one of the best like disney teaser trailers of all time because mm-hmm. i i think anyone that even people that didn't like Frozen, I think, would be intrigued by what they're presenting here because the animation alone is pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. It, it sets up some really interesting stakes by showing you a kind of a single isolated sequence of uh, Elsa trying to run across the waves. I think that looks great and dynamic and really interesting, even if Elsa kind of looks out of place given how realistic the waves look. Um, right. And just, just from there, by not having dialogue or featuring merely a hint of a song because you kind of get a little bit of a melody, mm-hmm. like it sets up that, like, okay, there's more of this Frozen thing there's some kind of danger going on, but you still have all the characters you like. I think it does everything that you'd want a, tra- a trailer for a sequel to Frozen to do, as far as giving you something that looks different but still familiar. 
so yeah, I was very impressed. Like I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I would I thought, say that I thought it doesn't long, do. What, I thought it'd be more along what you were going to, what you were saying, as far as being something like, look, it's Sven and Olaf, like, yeah, you're exactly. making jokes or whatever again. And they're back. Which and is I, why I think I was caught off guard, and I was, I was also impressed by it. I and because remember the campaign for the first film, we didn't even know it was a musical for the most part, unless you're like really like reading into Frozen. But like as far as the trailers went, it was just like, okay, there's a reindeer and a snowman. And then, like, I guess it's a princess movie. And then by the time it comes out, it's like, oh, this is a full-on musical. Like, this has got songs and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, but then you have Olaf's big adventure or what have you in front of uh, Coco. And it's just like, you know, that's light and fluffy. And again, this one just feels... So far, it feels different. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not, I don't... I don't discount the idea that, yeah, there's probably going to be plenty of, like, you know, Olaf jokes and whatever by the time the film come, actually comes out. I mean, think of, like, Cars 3, sure. where that first trailer emphasized, you know... Uh, Lightning McQueen's crashing and it's really dark and everything, but it's still a Cars movie. Like it's still like they're all making jokes and having fun, even though there's ninety percent less Mater in Cars Three. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and this seems to be a thing now too, like with a trailer. I don't know if you guys know, like didn't it break another type of record of like being viewed? It was yeah, it was a hugely watched yeah, it was trailer. one of the top ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. makes sense. You got the biggest a sequel to the biggest animated film of all time. It's mm-hmm. gonna probably people are gonna be looking at. By that. the way, you know, Mater had his own movie in in part two. Yeah, we, I know. Yeah. We we like that movie. <laughs> I know, yeah, but I'm saying like we are the Cars two fans. <laughs> that's why that's why he's not heavily featured in part three. Yeah, yeah. you know, forty percent of the Cars two fans are on this podcast right now. Forty so. percent. <laughs> I'm, I'm being generous. <laughs> but no, it looks good. I'm, you know. Yeah. Is there a sequel to mm-hmm. musical? I mean, yeah, Mamma Mia, but that's just like the same songs. Is there like a? Is there? I'm trying to a think. Musical. Can you think of like sequels to musicals no. with like entirely new songs and everything? Mm. Not that's a good question. I mean, like you guys are watching old Disney stuff, and like, the only thing I can well, no the Disney first thing that comes to mind is old Disney stuff, I right? Mean, the, only, the only sequel that you have that even comes close is Fantasia 2000 in that regard. Well, if you think of like, are you thinking? I mean, there's no East Side Story. I'm trying to think of like, musical sequels. Well, no, exactly. There's no well, West Side Story too. There's no. I mean, I guess what Return of Jafar has some songs in it. <laughs> yeah. There's no... Um, no. I don't Can't there's, find it. There's Broadway sequels, but even then they're not like, you know, there's a sequel to Bye Bye Birdie called you're Bring talking Back Birdie. About, but you're talking about like... <laughs> yeah, movie, movie sequels that are musicals. musicals. Yeah, I don't... Like the Lego movie too was close. <laughs> like it has a lot of songs in it. That has more songs, you could argue, than the first one. It Yeah, it does. But I mean, it's still hard to call it like a musical. Hmm. Sure. I guess when they finally make Wicked, but even that, yeah. No, because Wicked's not even... It's not even a sequel. Oh. It's not even a full-on musical, and Wizard of Oz isn't really a musical either. No, so it doesn't seem like it would be. So it's Frozen and unique in that area, we think, for now? Until, like, uh, some, yeah. some angry listener, like, corrects us? <laughs> Guys, how did you forget? Sure. You know, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday Night Fever. <laughs> Sunday oh, wait. Night Fever. Wait, is there a sequel to Saturday Night Fever? Like, yeah, yeah, there it's is. Called it's called Sunday Night Fever. No, it's, um... It's not like a musical. No, it's, um... What is it? It's from the, Stallone directed it. Um, what's it called? <laughs> um, it has Travolta. It's not neither or musicals. So it doesn't matter. No, exactly. What's the more Saturday Night? What is it called? Hold on, that's gonna because it's, it's like a terrible movie. Um, one second. Holding. Staying alive. There, there it is. you go. I mean, you know, yeah. if it was a zombie movie, that'd be great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Frozen Two arrives at theaters uh, November twenty second. So right in time for Thanksgiving. We'll all be seeing it. All right. 
let's move on. Let's get to our main review for How to Train Your Dragon, Golan, The Hidden World. This is Berk, son. It was the home of your grandparents and their grandparents before them. But out there, beyond the edge of the world, lies the home of the dragons. And I believe it's your destiny to one day find this hidden world. You do know my leg isn't a chew toy, don't you? Is this what you want? Yeah, go get it. Uh, how am I supposed to get down? <laughs> hey, bud, wait up. We'll start it out. Hold alone. He's not the only one. I'm hurting a fly. Another night fury. But I ain't got weeks. It's more like a bright. A light fury. Yeah, yours is better, probably. There is an armada with enough cages for all of our dragons. This is a new kind of enemy. We need to find the hidden world. I will destroy everything you love. Toothless, no! You're nothing without your dragon. If Grimmel succeeds, there won't be any dragons left. And it's up to us to put an end to it. So, what are you going to do about it? Suit up, gang. Fly on your... We have one shot at this. You brought a baby to a battle? I couldn't find a sitter. <laughs> hidden world. It really does exist. Now that's a king. You're right, bud. It's time. Well, look who it is. <laughs> Not a word. All right. That should have been some of the trailer for How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World. In 2010, How to Train Your Dragon hit theaters and became a sleeper success. How to Train Your Dragon 2 was highly anticipated and did well to keep the series going, even if it didn't break out as huge as some may have expected to at the box office. That film's darkness may have held it back, but How to Train Your Dragon The Hidden World brings things back to a more family-friendly tone, with this final chapter going over Hiccup's attempts to keep his massive dragon population safe from those who want to eliminate these creatures from the world. Meanwhile, Toothless falls in love with a light fury, which complicates the relationship with his best friend. Michael, what have been your thoughts on the How to Train Your Dragon series? And what would you think of this film? My thoughts on the series itself? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I like the first one. Not not so much the second one, but this one, I thought it was a nice, like, capper to it all. Like, it finished off the... Well, we'll see if it does finish it off. But it's a nice latest film to this uh, franchise. And as for this particular installment, I it was really good. I thought it was more of an intimate story um than the previous two because it's just all a really focused dead set on the relationship between uh hiccup and toothless and how he's so determined to um help help his dragon out um 
find the light fury. So yeah. All right. I like it. Anna, you've recently watched the How to Train Your Dragon films all for the first time. This is so true. I've never seen any of these films. Mm-hmm. I've heard about them, but never like ran out to go see them. And so kind of like more unaware. And then I just recently researched too, like I didn't know it was a book series mm-hmm. that's like basically okay. 12 books, children books. And um, so, yes, I just recently, like what, it's been a couple of weeks ago now, mm-hmm. Aaron and I, we sat down because he was like amazed that I haven't seen them, <laughs> of course, and he made sure that I would see them. So I watched the first one. I liked it. It was a nice setup. And then the second one, I feel is my favorite now watching, have seen all three, because the second one has great buildup with everything, and I don't know if it's spoilers or not, but, you know. Some dark things take place. Do I? Okay. Gosh, you guys and spoilers on this. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like it's not that bad. It's, it's fine. Yes, it's been out. Gerard Butler's character, the father, dies in that film. Yeah, what? <laughs> but it's also, like, a reconnection with his mom, so, like, the second one is very well done. Like, it's bringing all these pieces together more uh, more so than the first one. Like, the first one, like I was saying, is kind of like Laura said, like, here's this kid who's trying to, you know, Viver's father's, like, approval. what do you call it? Approval because the whole dragon thing, he doesn't want to kill dragons. And so when he tries to attempt to, then it's this whole storytelling of, like, him struggling with... The handicaps that they both mm-hmm. come to have, right? So, first one, good. Second one, even better. This third one, it's a really nice, you know, well-rounded storytelling to close off if it, if it is a conclusion. And I like the third one as much as the second one. Mm. And there's a few little things here and there I'm sure we'll all discuss of, like, it could be stronger in this sense or what have you. But... For what it was doing, like, even just the computer animation style in these films are really, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I've never, like, also just to add in, like, DreamWorks, because it's coming from the studio, I don't really have any, you know, favorites from DreamWorks. Probably, like, the only one I could stand out is, like, Prince of Egypt and then the the panda movies. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. like, Over the Hedge? I don't really remember that. Was like, Bruce Willis? I feel like everyone tells me about Over the Hedge all the time. I you told me about what Over about the Hedge. What about that flush, <laughs> flush <laughs> down series? <laughs> Flushed away, yeah, yeah. Flushed away, yeah. No, the only thing, I, I, I did bring up Over the Hedge with you because there's a scene, and I only just remember the scene, I don't, hopefully it is correct, but like, they open like a cheese puff bag or something, and it's kind of like mm. an atomic bomb type of look, and okay. it comes out, so I thought that was funny. But no, like... I'm ants for life over here, but that's me. <laughs> But no, to get on the scale of, like, the studio films from here, I've never really been, like, have any favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the ones I have mentioned yeah, already. Sure. Um, so, yes. So, How to Train Your Dragon kind of fits in there for you. Yeah, so now with th- these movies, I feel like it's they're, it's up there. Yeah, it would be, because, like, Prince of Egypt and then I feel like How to Train Your Dragon would be next and then the kung fu panda movies now because mm-hmm. before seeing um how to train dragons it probably would have been prince of egypt and then the kung fu panda movies but now seeing these ones i would probably put in that second slot right. because it's a nice it's a nice trilogy it's kind of like i know some people have kind of compared it to the toy story right like mm-hmm. their trilogy 
Well, that it was. Now that it's going to have a Toy Story 4. But... So, yes, I did enjoy this one. All right. Abe, where are you at? For the series, uh, the first one knocked me out of my socks, and I was really... Did you get new socks? Please, mate. I've never, <laughs> I've never worn socks since that day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it won't happen again. You know, so um, I've always been afraid of it, but uh, it's I remember wear just, Uggs. Like that's the strange ew. part. Did you say Uggs? Yes. Nobody wears Uggs. Um, as far as as far as the second one goes, the second one was a strong introduction as well. I think it, it continued with the world building, and yeah, there there were some darker turns in it that I appreciated. Um, I didn't like it as much as the first one, uh, maybe just because I, I was familiar with the characters already. As far as this one goes, though. I will say that the animation here is phenomenal. I mean, there there's just so many things going on in the background of uh, a frame. I think also what they're doing with the characters in this movie are um, a good thing. I mean, we saw that Hiccup was growing up in the second one already, and this one it's a little bit more. He's he's growing up so much so that he's got to let some things go from the past um, and and live his own life, um, which is the theme of the movie. So. I like it. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's like amazing, but I think that it's a strong ending to the series, just because um, it concludes everything in a nice, neat bow. The reason why I don't really like it as much per se is just because I feel as though the stakes aren't aren't really there. I mean, it's it has it knows that it has to close things out, or I guess it knows that it wants to close things out. Um, villain is a little weak, and then uh, the journey that they go on, aside from the dragon world where they get to, which I thought was beautiful. And I thought that it was like really well imagined, especially the way that, that, uh, especially the way that you reach it. Um, I didn't really think that they went to as many interesting places. There's actually one scene where they, they show like the, the dragon from the second movie. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. That, that dragon was like freaking amazing in the second one, the way that they introduce it. So on the whole, I think it's a really good, solid ending, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it didn't knock me out, out of my socks. So um, my socks were firmly on after the first one because I thought <laughs> yeah. it was fine. Like I liked it. But I remember, it was, I it wasn't like I knew there was a lot of like people were wowed by How to Train Your Dragon. I thought it was like, yeah, it's a good movie. Like that was kind of my response. Second one did wow me. I was yeah. like taken in by the second one. Like I thought it was a great kind of upgrade from the first one. I liked how there's a continuity with these characters where they've actually, they've literally grown. Like they're, they're actually aging up by the yeah. time you get to that sequel. And I know the like huge fans, like they watch like the TV series and they could, they've seen this evolution or whatnot. And they've seen the dragon games and all this stuff and everything to kind of be prepared for that. I was just like, Oh, this is how we are now. They've actually like moved up five years or whatever. Uh, but yeah, just the kind of the, dramatic stakes of that one I, I thought really worked for me i think the animation only grew stronger so it's like yeah i thought the from first to second there was a significant upgrade that said this most recent time that i watched the first one with anna i think i finally like got into it the most that i've ever gotten into it like it's like okay i'm really into this first one now if that maybe becomes because i know where it's going from sure. there that might be a part mm-hmm. of it but i was just i was more taken by it this for this this time that i seen it um so now seeing this third one, um, I think it's a solid film. I think I think it does a great job of kind of ending this story, presuming that this is the actual ending of it. Um, I I don't disagree that the stakes aren't like as dramatically high as maybe the second one was, but I think it's because it's in how the tone is expressed, where you're not going to deal with characters that are 
potentially killing our heroes this time around. You're more dealing with someone that's just very evil. <laughs> he wants to. Yeah. He really wants to let you know that he just doesn't like dragons. And I do think F. Murray Abraham does a very good job as the villain as Gribble. Like, I think there's a lot of fun with that voice, and it's a separation between him and Drago from the last one, where it's a more kind of conniving type of villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, the ultimate, like, if you're watching a third chapter or something, yeah, I, I feel like you're automatically going to be like, well, just like, I don't know, Return of the Jedi or any number of, like, trilogy cappers, you're kind of, you're knowing that the heroes are going to kind of make their last stand and presumably succeed. So from that point of view i could i could yes i can see like the stakes don't feel like they're at an all-time high that said i mean for what it does well it does really well i think the animation is as good as it can be just because you know it's been nine years since the first film so animation only gets better at that point i i think the characters are all like really still well handled uh i i it's a little regretful that like since you just lost Stoic in the last film, that they don't, like, increase Valka, the Kate Blanchett, the mom character, more mm-hmm. to kind of give him, mm-hmm. kind of, oh, yeah. still give him a parental connection. At the same time, I do like that the friends became more of a factor this time around. Right, where... and you also have Astrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has Astrid, so you have a, you know, and I, that's a good, like, coupling, how they handle that in these it movies. Is. Like, she's supportive, she can do her own thing, it's not like a... It doesn't feel like anyone's dragging on each other. It feels like the, if, of the things that Hiccup needs in his life, like it actually works. And you talk about there's not high stakes, but I feel like these movies, they have their realistic stakes, right? And some can be very high off the grid of like, okay, father dies, now what do I do? In the third one, it's more, again, they're, they're real stakes, but a little bit it's lower. About responsibility. It's more like responsibility, mm-hmm. becoming a leader. Right. Because now he has to lead and he also letting go. Like Toothless is like his best buddy that he became like friends with and it's like an unlikely friendship because when you see that in the first and into the second, right? Where it also um increases their friendship throughout the movies and he has to learn to let that and it's a it's a stake in its own. Because now like, Toothless is getting you know, he's finding this light fury and now he's right. like now I I, I I'm, in his I'm, own world. I'm tasked with, yes, going to my own world. I am this alpha character right. and I have, uh, I can start my own family. And whatnot. Yes, and then you have Astrid and he has, there's a stake of like, does he have to like go into the whole marriage thing? And he's kind of over here a little nervous about things, but she's been a strong support for him. And then you have the whole group of people who have left Burke now. They had to leave their own home, the only home they've known. And to like that's a, another stake. And again, it's more like low key, probably. I mean, as, as Thor once said, Burke is oh, no. <laughs> Burke is not a place; it's a people. <laughs> Thor said that. Yeah, he said that about Asgard. <laughs> it's not a place; it's a people. No wonder that line sounded familiar. I was like, this sounds familiar. But Norse gods. I mean, I feel like we're in the same territory. Because... Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I feel you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Where it's like yeah. the stakes, like of course they're not. Yeah, like they're a, not. They're not necessarily. World, they're they're not world-ending stakes. Right. right. Yeah. No. Yeah. So they're like everyday yeah. type of trials that you know people may have to come across. Right? Yeah, I, I would say for a movie that's about dragons, they're very adult things that are taking place in as far as the kind of personal struggles that these characters are going through. Oh, totally, yeah. And if you think about the the series breakdown, I mean, you could argue that the first one is more about stoic, you know, it's the father's story, and the second one is the mother's story, and this one is a Hiccup story, you know? So it, it's not as though, like, Hiccup, it, we know that Hiccup is not, you know, a superhuman, and we know that he doesn't have superpowers. So obviously... He lost we, a leg. We know he's human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, what he gained was a friendship. And knowledge. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> Deep. Uh, but, you know, what we're what I'm saying is that uh, it's not as though he's got to go take on, you know, the most nefarious villain out there because that's not what is. He's that's pretty not what nefarious, is. though. I mean, he's, he's, no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a guy there's a lot of there's a lot of like two timing, like a lot of like, well, I see your game. I, I understand. Your game yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, as far as, you know, it's not as though he's got to go save the world kind of thing. Right. I understand yeah. that. I just I think they. I mean, the first film, you just have a really big dragon. The second film, you have this kind of, like, war monger kind of ter- character. And now yeah. this movie, you have, like, someone that's just very clever. And I I can get that there's not a really a bigger... Like, there's no real development for him beyond, I just hate dragons. Like, he that's, just wants to kill them. He just yeah. wants to kill dragons. Like, there's nothing there. He just there. wants to kill I, dragons. From, from that get regard, yeah. Trophy. yeah. For, for that regard, yeah, there's not a lot to that. I, just, right. I think the film around it... He's more of a means to an end, where there's other things going on that are more important as far exactly. as what the next yeah. step is. That's true, because like the first one's more like big dragon, <laughs> but Burke like and has... coming to understand that dragons aren't aren't our enemies; they're right. our friends. Okay, <laughs> you're being silly, but no, like the first one does like it's it's the town of Burke and the villains are the dragons in their eyes. Then the second right. one, the villain in that plot, like he wants the dragons for his own, like. Mm-hmm. He wants, to use, the dra- he wants, to, ca- he wants yeah. to use the dragons as right. an army. And now in this right. third one, it's like, I just want to I kill them. Dragons. Like, I mean, you could even argue that in the second Goodbye, one. Goodbye, dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but, but like on the how... whole, it's it's fantastic looking. I mean, I, I, def- I definitely want to point out that I was paying extremely careful attention to the way that they were animating things. And there's mm-hmm. like a sequence where they go... Uh, I know that I know that it's like a lot easier to do in animation, but you know they they basically go single take in one sequence, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they also go um, they also go like they do this really cool pan in the in in one sequence. And I was like, animation has come such a long way that it's For it's sure. like you're you're not even like looking at these things because it's an an animated movie, but if this was like a live action thing, you'd be paying attention to all this like really awesome camera tricks that they're doing. In, in camera tricks, I should say that they're doing, but also just the way that it looks is just like it's the scales on Toothless, and the, or actually not even the scales, but the skin texture on Toothless, the scales that they have for their armor, the way that they have the wing suits, it's phenomenal. The way that the the wind moves, like these plants in the background while Toothless and and Hiccup are talking, or Hiccup and Astro are talking, this is just. It's mind blowing. I mean, there's, there's not a the, like got, this, this, yeah. Go, Mike. Sorry. No, I was gonna, I was gonna add on a little bit of that when uh, night, uh, well, not night fury, uh, toothless and the light fury are meeting up for the first time. I guess they do that whole uh, dancing sequence. Um, I guess it's on the cove or something like that. Yeah. But the grains of sand. Oh my gosh, that mm-hmm. that just yeah. yeah was... Anakin Skywalker would hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, will, I will say that the sense of wonder has never left this series. Like, it still feels impressive that there are dragons, there are different types of dragons. Like, I'm still wowed by that. Maybe yeah. not, like, Ford, but, like, the the fact that this is a movie about dragons, it doesn't feel like it's just like, oh, here's another dragon. Like, I'm still impressed by the fact that, hey, we have, like, really cool dragons in this movie, and there's different types of them, and they have different powers and abilities and yeah. looks and colors and all that stuff. I think that really plays well into this series and into this final chapter. Additionally, the John Powell score is fantastic in this movie. Just oh, like yeah. the last two I, movies. I didn't yeah. up on the score, too. The mm-hmm. score is very good. The, the, like, the, the, one of the highlights of this whole franchise is how great that main theme is, but just how great the music is in general. I think it does a great job of giving you this, uh, like, adding to that sense of wonder, giving you, yeah. like, a good, appropriate themes for when people are flying, 
or like what Burke is and stuff like that. I think that all like plays well to the film's advantage. I agree because like also kind of going back with Abe with like the animation style, it's so true. Like watching this third one, you can see the in like not improvements, but the level of detail. The how level far of detail. Come along. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. how far it's come along. The improve. Yeah. So how it's just improved like from the first, second, and third, and yeah, you can see like the fine details of like the sand or how. Everything that Abe had mentioned too, it's that was just like really awesome to see and like the how toothless ends up finding out he can like bolt out lightning while he's flying too. It's mm-hmm. just hey, he turns into Godzilla <laughs> and it goes into the clouds. Or the Emperor, because as I said, Anakin Skywalker would hate this movie. That, this is true. Wait, maybe this is a precursor to how the Jedi came. <laughs> Wait, all Jedi's that... are all dragons then. And there's like a weird deep dark hole, just like in the Last Jedi too. Yep. <laughs> That's where Ray's parents are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ray's parents are dragons. No, yeah, there, there it is. We solved it, guys. Get JJ on the phone. Hold on, let me call him. You call him JJ? Yeah, I'm calling him. JJ? Uh, hey, Aaron, this is JJ. <laughs> JJ sounds like a morning DJ host. So you did like, the, like, if you want to talk about wonder, I do think, yeah, the hidden world well, is yeah, a really cool get, place. The like, way that thing lights up. Go oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, Michael, what did you think of the hidden world? Well, there was so it was so complex because at first you see all this wondrous caverns and it just illuminates all of a sudden. And I was just like, how this is something I would never expect to see um, or I thought I would never see before. And it's just not that as it gets um, deeper into the hidden world. You see it, there's more layers to it. You see there's dragons and I guess like more like a, not so much of a honeycomb, but it's just very complex and very well thought out. And yeah. Yeah, I thought the hidden world was just very impressive. Just yeah, that was like my favorite like, sequence of the of the entire movie. And I, I'm glad that they didn't really draw back to it many times. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you want to preserve it's, that sense of... Yeah, it's like a beautiful, like, hey, here's the... mystery. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You to know where it is. And but, I think that going back to it would have been like you would have picked up on things and started questioning things. But other than that, like I, I thought it was a, a really good use of imagination uh, just to be like, hey, by the way, there's like what Michael was saying. It's a cavernous area. And that's what I was kind of leading up to, like talking about the animation and the detail and everything was like getting into the hidden world. Like when you finally see it, it's just so colorful and it's mm. so beautiful. And... There's so it's, many dragons. There's a lot of dragons that just pop out of everywhere, and it's just, it's really beautiful to look at, and it's just, like, it's a great sense of wonder of, like, oh, this place exists, like, in, like, a water, like, what what do you call it? Like, it's not a waterfall. It's a... What do you call those? I mean, it's a hole in the earth. In the ocean. Giant, yeah, just... But how that comes to be, and also, like, how Hiccup so comes to learn, like, did you all think that it was kind of distracting for him to have like these um, memories of his father, like when I he was it. like when he was upset about these dragons and like where he needs to go to? I'll say I liked it as far as hey Gerard Butler's back and that was a really emotional thing to take him away from you. So hey, he's back in here now. I will say the movie gets very close to kind of defying itself as far as how he's talking about dragons, given that he was so you know anti dragon in the first dragon in the first one, yeah, and then all because he thought that he killed his wife. Yeah, but I mean, the flashbacks oh, we're seeing the, are after the you know they're st- while he's still in hate dragon mode. So yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. really telling some romanticized stories about dragons, despite the fact that he. I mean, hates come dragons. on, he's in a vulnerable moment. 
Legends tell of ships that sailed too close to it, only to drop off the edge of the world, never to be seen again. But those sailors who turned back told tales of a great waterfall and dragons guarding the entrance to a hidden world. Not just a nest hiccup, but a land from which all dragons come. Even night furies? <laughs> Especially night furies. Th those are scary. Don't you worry. One day I'll find the hidden world and seal it up. So that people and dragons will fight no more. I mean, he just wants to tell his child like a nice story at the same true. time. He just wanted some water in the middle of the night. I, get, I, get, I, I just, I just thought it was, I just thought it was walking the line. That's well, no, totally. I had a question about. But what I, what I like about it is that I think that it kind of helped uh, bring the story full circle, right? So it's mm -hmm. again the, these glimpses with these past interactions with Gerard Butler uh, and and Little Hiccup or LC. I don't know where that came from, oh, but um, <laughs> in any case, I think that it really helps uh, create the story of, hey, by the way, you know what, You've your father was here at one point, and he brought a lot of knowledge to you, and now here you are taking the taking the, the reins, you know, and you got to take what you, you've learned from your father about, you know, wonder and mysticism. I agree with you, Aaron, that maybe it's it's a little yeah, strange. Mean Character turn. A little too but. soft. Yeah, no, in terms of your like what you're presenting and what its purpose in the story is, yeah, it's nice that he's it's nice yeah. that he's there, then he's not That's there. I, I just it. I just do yeah, I just think it's it is trying to kind of slightly retcon things a little bit to kind of suit the narrative more. Which I is, don't know. I haven't read the books. Maybe it's in the books too. Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested like how because this just pulls three like making three stories the, and there's twelve. Books. I know the the books like the first one is like pretty accurate and then it kind of diverges from there okay. it's, but it's more it's still in the spirit of them mm -hmm. i will say this i was happy that you've noticed that it does have the giant alpha dragon from the second film in yeah. the hidden world which i don't think it's impossible to notice but it's like it's not like it's highlighted it's just kind of like sitting on the side at one point roaring and toothless it's like oh yeah there's that guy because that yeah. makes that makes me go to this other story michael you may have read about this this week how what the original intentions were for these films no, I actually haven't. You didn't read it? Okay, so <laughs> no. the idea for the second film was that there wasn't, like, Drago was going to be kind of a, a secondary character entirely, like, not the main villain, and that the mother was going to be more the villain, or at least an antagonist, oh. where they're, they're going to have her That would have be, been a nice twist. Like, have, yeah, it was going to revolve around that and have her be, like, not coming around to seeing that Burke has changed, like, she's still kind of against all of them, hmm. and then it would, like, it, the idea that it would be ending with Drago being like on the way, essentially, like he's like he's a threat and he's out there. And then the third that movie, would have been interesting. And then the third movie would have Drago as the main villain instead yeah. of this Gribble character. And then you'd have mm. the mother eventually teaming up with Hiccup, and they would eventually they would fight against Drago. Like that was how the original right. idea was. Then I mean, like because even when Anna was going over the second one, I was like, you know, you could really argue that the mother is kind of a foil to everything as well you so. can see how it could have taken that like it does it doesn't yeah. just chooses not to take that turn but that's sure. that was the original idea then after the second one came out drago is still alive at in the end of the second one like he has least, a son now he has a son now. yeah he's dry because i was trying to because when we were watching the second one i hadn't seen it in a while i was trying to remember how it ended i was like oh drago's kind of still out there like okay. this third one it doesn't really say here or there it just says he was defeated but what I again read is that Dean Dubois, the writer director, he was convinced by Spiel because he wanted he wanted the Drago to once again come back and have him be redeemed and have him team up with Hiccup and then go all, they all go against Grimmel. But yeah. what happened is Spielberg 
Spielberg convinced him. He's like, you got, you're going to take way too much time doing that. So just remove that. Yeah, entirely. but it does feel like a three and a half hour movie. Yeah, it feels good. It'd be a lot. It'd be a long time because you're like stealing all this time with hiccup of people, and you have Drago being developed and turning into. So I can see that though. Like yeah. that's interesting because like mm-hmm. so when I was watching these, and Aaron dislikes that I'm like this, but it's not my fault, and I don't intentionally what? set out to like try and predict. Uh-oh, Aaron, uh, Michael and I are neutral <laughs> characters here. <laughs> but I don't he want doesn't... any part of your fight. <laughs> no, he Staying doesn't like... So I, I don't intentionally do this. I don't intentionally sit there and like, let me figure out the pieces and like, boom, I have the plot solved. But like when we were watching the second one, I already had, I already knew like it was going to be his mom underneath that mask and everything. And I didn't tell Aaron because I know he doesn't like it. <laughs> But again, I don't intentionally I just do don't like, I like Did being in the moment. Did you elbow him really hard in the ribs when, like, when it was revealed? I like being in the moment when <laughs> I watch the movie so and not like, being told, like, hey, this is going to happen next. <laughs> I like sitting there and being like, I'm into this right now. <laughs> and I don't mean to do it. It's not, again, I'm not like, let me solve this. It just it just naturally comes into my head. So, like, I'm there whispering in my, like, in the blanket, like, and I'm just, like, looking at it. But, like, now that you're telling me this story of how, like, she could be the villain, like, I could see that, like, mm-hmm. watching it even though this is the only first time I've seen it, where I could have seen that also play out too, because I was kind of, when I was watching it, this time I was kind of like pulling with them, like, well, what if she was like a villain? But she isn't. And that's a very interesting It could have been a neat like, way to go with this series, I would say. But, I mean, as it stands, I do think the films are quite strong. But, yeah, I mean, like I did said, it does reduce the mom in this movie, which is like, huh. It does. It does, but again, I feel like, it's like anyone, like when you're growing up and being you're an adult where like you have to move on. Like, yes, a, a passing of a parent is, is very devastating, sad. And then it goes into he only has the one parent, but then he does have Astrid. And so it's moving on. And now he has to be a leader and he has a wife now. And it's the same thing with Toothless. Like, I feel what the third one does well, too. Like I was saying earlier, the stakes, they're not maybe as high as, you know, how what did we call them instead? Like They're more personal stakes. Personal, yeah. yes personal stakes where now you have toothless also because he can't be a leader with you know with hiccup like they all they did come together but now they kind of have to um become a part of each other and do their own things so now toothless can be the alpha in the hidden world with his new girlfriend the light fairy and then hiccup can be the leader with and with his new wife astrid and they can still have that bonding friendship so like it's just it's really nice to see because then, he, as we see towards the end, like you know, they have their own family and everything. So right. let's let's talk about the. Oh, let's, real quick. Yeah. I just want to know: yeah. is it in these movies? Because like I know we briefly talked about it. Was just like the other characters. Is do you feel like there's any overcrowding? I know some of you are saying like the mom would have been nice to have more of the mom in this movie, and like how I think Aaron, you mentioned that. The friends. It's nice that they became. More I, I like that there's more for them to do. To do. Like I. I yeah, Especially but it's still Kid the Harrington. background. I mean, I still feel. I mean, Kid, Kid Harrington's just Kid Harrington's just kind of around. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> he's just there to to, to sound like Kid Pro- Harrington. Provide some exposition. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like, there's nothing for him to do. Like, he's just kind of. <laughs> he literally shows up in like three scenes. Like, yeah, he, it seems like he was more here for the marketing of the movie because I saw a bunch of like Kid Harrington, like the actor, like with toothless in like commercials with toothless yeah it's just like him not even the friends it's just like him like goofing around like he's like reading lines and like the actual toothless is standing next to him silly well i got a question for you guys yeah uh first question is um what happens when they they breathe fire do they actually like transport into time space 
Oh yeah, that's a good question. Or is it just like a, a cover? You know, like like a, the way that an octopus shoots ink and then it, it evades then, that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what it, I was. That. I think it's a latter one. Yeah, because it, when it it looks like they're just covering up something and then they just yeah. But listen, Abe, if you want to write How to Train Your Time Traveler, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, Flex Capacitor. Well, we'd have to change the name of it because we don't want to get sued. But unless, I, I, unless of course. But yes, no, I, I assumed it was like, I'm going to use this distraction technique and then cloak right. myself. Yeah, yeah that's what really it was, cloaking. Yeah. That was yeah. really cool. There's actually a Predator scene in the movie, and I was like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, expect Bill Duke to be one of the voices in this movie. But <laughs> guys everywhere, I'm telling you. I'm coming home! <laughs> Uh, the other question I had for you guys oh yeah go ahead no I was gonna say what was your next question my other question for you guys is how long do you think that tail lasts for Toothless the one the new one that he makes probably longer I assume longer because he really put more effort in this one because he wants him to so like Hiccup he has this restraint of like he doesn't want Toothless to go but then he has to come to an understanding he has to so he can also live his own life and so you see him like manufacturing the new tell but he's putting more effort into it so he can leave on his own terms instead of like i need to sit on be like your rider and help you and guide you while you're flying so i feel like he really did like make this last tell for him like it will last longer yeah, and be more durable for him and just growing older just learning more about i don't know metallurgy and blacksman craft to, to, to <laughs> yeah. do all these things as an inventor. blacksman craft yeah blacksman craft yeah. yeah, I think you mean blacksmith craft. Because you guys see, like... Blacksmithcraft. Yeah. Blacksmith? <laughs> What's going on? Okay, I'm gonna I, don't, I don't know I'm what a blacksmith... I'm going to get back on track, okay? So real quick, because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tuned out for a second. But um, <laughs> it was just like, you know how parents are when they kind of like, they don't want their kids to go off to college and stuff? Like, that's kind of how you see Hiccup with Yeah, that's toothless. the plot of Bow. <laughs> Yeah, okay. exactly. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Where did that come from? <laughs> That's the plot of future Academy Award winning Oscar winning short. Okay. So no. So that's why I feel like before it was kind of like you know I'm the father of this dragon, like we're best friends, what have you, and he he cares about him to where he's like yes he aids him to help because I mean after all he's the reason why his tell is the way it is. Right. And then. So now you have like that. It's kind of like that whole parenting thing where it's like, okay, I have to let them just be on their own. Sure. Yeah. And he's going to do well by Toothless and make sure it's going to be a very strong and durable hotel so he can go hang out with the new Light Fury and do all those cool spins and turns in the and mm-hmm. be able to impress her, right? Because she was not really impressed. At the dance, it was pretty impressive to me. But... <laughs> you know, I will say one of the scenes that was pretty funny was like, I know we don't. The voice cast is great in this movie, and we touch lightly on, like, some of the characters, but the scene where, like, they go to, is it Gimmel? Because he took the dragons. Grimmel, yeah. Grimmel. Grimmel. And they have to go and save them. Mm -hmm. And so you have, is it Tough Nut? She's, like, left behind. Which one's tough, or which one's the sister? The t- I believe Roughnut is the is sister, Rough- Kristen Wiig's character. Okay, Roughnut, yeah, where she gets left behind. <laughs> that whole scene cracked me up. It was it's funny. funny. Yeah, it I feel like that's how I would be. I would be like this annoying individual. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let me go now, <laughs> and he ends up letting her go. <laughs> I do like the there's the there's a running joke about toothless drawing throughout this series where it's just like bad like, yes. and then this movie delivers on it where he's like oh you finally learned how to draw huh mm-hmm. where he finally, like, makes a coherent drawing in the sand 
that's really neat. Yeah. yeah. Like having just like watched these through like back to back to back, it's like, oh, that's funny. Like that's a, that's a fun thing to throw. It comes. It, it actually uh, came to fruition. Yeah. Uh, uh, said, did you guys watch it in 3D or or just regular flat? Regular, regular flat. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same. But I could definitely see how the 3D, like, yeah, there was some stuff that was coming at me. Oh, yeah. We watched the original. Oh, yeah. We watched the, the, first the first two. Two in 3D, yes. Oh, okay. Nice. And it does. It's... Oh, yeah, they're good 3D movies because yes, flying tends to work in anything, really, especially animation. You can make that work pretty well. Yeah. But, uh,. Uh, last thing I think, and then we can kind of wrap up. Uh, did you guys, without getting into details, did you guys like the finale, like the kind of emotional conclusion to the series? I did. I think that it kind of just leaves it open for more things. That's why I think we're all adding ellipses question mark mm-hmm. to is this the end? Yeah. Um, but I, I did like that. Again, even in that little snippet, continued growth of the characters. You know, uh, like in animation, and I think that that's a. Uh, that's something that you rarely see. I agree. Like I enjoyed it. Like this is a very well rounded out like trilogy if it were to be a the book and, and close it off. Mm-hmm. Like it's really nice, it's sweet, and it shows like they're still in of course, you know, connection with one another because that's after all in life, like you don't have to like all of a sudden close off like your friendships or what have you with other people because they're off with their own families. It's just like a continuation. It's like all right, Hiccup has his family now, and Toothless has his own family as well. And it's just kind of coming back and forth and saying, hey, what's up? And kind of like, you know, meeting up for a little bit. However, I will say before Aaron even brought up this whole thing of like the the mom being like the villain and what have you, and maybe like as a story for the second one, mm-hmm. as a direction, mm-hmm. I was thinking when we were watching this and when it ended, I was like, well, how Abe just said like ellipses, like, if they were to open it up and keep this going, I was like, what if one of the kids grows up and they become the villain? Because, like, honestly, like, what do you Ooh. do with what do you do with the fourth one? It's like, okay, Hiccup and his family's living happy on their new home, and there's another villain that comes back again, again, and try to find the hidden world and kill all the dragons. Or does the little girl, or the little boy, like, or do they both like? go against their family. No, they like, just make who tr- who framed how to train your dragon where yeah. one of the and, kids and is framed one of the friend one of the friends is one of the kids is murdered for killing a dragon and it's been a setup wow, and then Toothless and Hiccup have to they have to team back up again to get in the back and they then get one of the, the killers actually Rolo Tomasi. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Sure. But no it's, I'm kind of like curious. Deep. I really I really hope that it is like this is <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Do you want to laugh? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Aaron's always holding his laughter. But I feel like, again, like, we all agree that it's a good, you know, ending. But that's my thought was, like, because what do you do with this? It's, you can't just keep having another villain coming. And then, I mean, you could. And then they discover the hidden world and they have to go and rescue now the whole hidden world. Or do you well, have... You know, the someone... kid goes all Kylo Ren, basically. <laughs> exactly. Or do you have one of their kiddos, <laughs> like, they grow up and then they're the ones that become the villain. And they want be against mom and dad and this whole like life of like friendship with dragons and now they're the villain or again you know kid does something bad and he gets thrown into dragon court and becomes a courtroom drama where hiccup has to defend his son and he wears suspenders and he's sitting there and there's you know one of the alphas is sitting in the judge's quarters and he's like because i will say i know some no one seems to like my ideas (laughs) (laughs) i'm adding to them they're good they're good I'm just, in, I'm very interested to see what would happen, but, like, I don't want to compare it. I know we mentioned, of like, the Toy Story, but, like, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 were great, 
and now there's a Toy Story 4. I'm not like super excited about Toy Story 4. I know I'll probably see it with Aaron, but like it's just like these movies, like what? I was gonna say, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's wow. Yeah. You guys heard that. That is Michael, your your thoughts. Michael, your thoughts on the, uh, the the quick ending. Well, I thought a lot of what Hiccup said, and I won't go too far into detail, but like what he said as a, as a whole speech during that end credit, mm-hmm. it did leave the door open a little bit open, but it's like, I don't want to come back because I think this is nice the way it is right now. And going back would be just like kind of pointless because like, um, like Anna was referring to, what what more is there left to tell? Because mm-hmm. Hiccup's journey is pretty much complete, and there's this was all about Hiccup and um, Toothless. Toothless's journey uh, as and their and their relationship and how it grew and evolved. And there's not much room left, so I don't think there's any reason to revisit it. But yeah, the way it ended was I was pretty happy with it. So yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't know what room there is to kind of tell more stories if they find a way to do it, and they have, like, I think Dean Dubois, who's done all these, I think he's done a pretty great job of kind of making this series work. So, if he's spearheading an idea behind more stories, good on him. I, I'd be curious what that is, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, it's not sitting there thinking I need this to happen. So, right. that's what the TV series is for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what TV series come in to aid where like when you can't further like flush out ideas for film like then you go revisit like a mm-hmm. tv series right yeah. all right so with all that said where should people go and see when should people go and see how to train your dragon in the hidden world michael I, oh go ahead <laughs> okay so i'll go then <laughs> to get the full scope of it and like be immersed in that world i would say see it in the theater um yeah as, as soon as possible especially so yeah I agree. In a theater, for your enjoyment of seeing the great animation and also the score. Yeah, I definitely agree that there's a a lot of visual uh, treats here, so you should see it in a a theater. Yeah, I'm a theater as well. I I mean, if you're a fan of this series, there's no reason not to go and see this, and just as far as the kind of scale and dragon scales and the music, I mean, (laughs) it all kind of works well for a theatrical (laughs) experience. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. That was our review for How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World. Now, the now. Let's move on now. Let's get to our... Uh, what time is it, Abe? I think it's time for a game. <laughs> that, of course, was the theme for when Hiccup decides to, you know, woo the Light Fury. Does she even have a name? Just Light Fury. Just Light, Light Fury. Fury. Yeah. Yeah. LF. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably pronounced like... <laughs> just like in Splash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, neither Abe or I have a game this week. Actually, Anna has a game for wow, us. Wow, you guys did not make a game. Did it? So I had to do this for you. Yes, I'm that's, just that's one way to phrase it. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I was kind of talking to Aaron in the car about this yesterday because I'm like, you both end up having like really solid, like fun titles to your games. So I mean, I do. Mine are better than Aaron's. And then Aaron gets at me. He's like, well, you're a creative writer. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, I don't know. So apologies for not like the most creative of titles, Uh but maybe next time. So simplicity of 
Name that dragon. Okay. Alright. I like it. I know, but Aaron did have some where it was like options of how to train your trivia or nope. what was the other one? How to name your dragon. Oh, how to name your dragon. Nope. So <laughs> we're going with name that dragon. <laughs> Basically, the way you play this game, I was trying to like make my own like writing of these like little summaries, but I kind of started pulling just to make it easier and quicker because I was doing it this morning was to kind of pull from IMDb. Like okay. a little brief description of the movie that these dragons are coming from. So I'm going to read a description. Mm-hmm. You have to name the dragon that's featured in the movie that okay. I'm pulling okay. the, the the wording from. Okay. So okay. I told Aaron, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be super easy if everyone's going to know the names of dragons. We'll see. So what you right? can So what you can do... Is that you can, as you all know when you play this game, you say your name, like Aaron, Mm -hmm. and then you say your answer. So if you can't get the dragon name, then I guess I'm going to go with if you can name the movie the dragon's in to get the point. Okay. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough? Sounds good. All right. Everyone have their 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 hands on their buzzers. Their (laughs) names shouting ready? Yeah. All right. So first one. A fast-talking dragon who says that he is the guardian of the lost souls, powerful, pleasurable, and indestructible. Fast-talking dragon. Abe. <laughs> Abe. Mushu. That is oh, correct. Oh, Mushu. Oh, okay. And? And uh, Mulan. Mulan. One right. point for Abe. <laughs> Thank you. One point for Abe. Or should we do two points? Or is, no, it's going to be one no, point. That's just one. Right? Yeah, it's just one. Because it's... We don't need to give Abe two points off the gate. <laughs> Unless you want to, unless you, Whoa. I mean, you know, the ones who really love me do. <laughs> Rewarding five Abe points. is not my specialty. Five points, you know thanks, Michael. No, that does make sense, because if you can't choose yeah, the dragon, it, you can't. It's just okay. one point. Yeah. Alrighty, got it. Here we go. Good job. Going to a second. This large green dragon is best friends with a young orphan named Aaron. Aaron. Yes, oh. Aaron. Pete's dragon? Okay, so the movie is Pete's Dragon. And what's the dragon's name? Yes, what's the dragon's name? Oh boy, does name? it have a name? It does have Yes, a it name. does have a name. We just uh, saw okay. the most Michael. more modern one. <laughs> Michael with a steel? Hold on, I didn't know what you were trying to guess. Now you're stolen! Give me a second here. Alright, putting a timer on. You ready? You know, it's the... Exactly. With it. That's it's not Puff, the magic dragon. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's Roger, the dragon. All right, you ready? Five, four. Jiminy. <laughs> Old Greenzo. Uh, oh, I love you, sweetheart. Michael? I'm so sorry. Michael. Michael. <laughs> Elliot. Yes. It is Elliot. 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 That's not the name I was thinking. Who are you thinking? I was thinking it was like Jim. <laughs> Jimbo. All right. Next one. A farm boy happens upon a dragon's egg that leads him to the journey of realization that he is the only person to defend his home against an evil king. Aaron? Aaron. Is it Aragorn? Yes, it is Aragorn. Aragorn? Yes. Never saw that. That is correct. Do you know the name of his dragon? Isn't it Aragorn? No. Oh, that's the kid's name. That's his name and the name of the movie. I believe Rachel Vise is the voice of the dragon. <laughs> you are correct. Okay. Ooh. It is Sapphire. 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 Okay. I would not have gotten that either. Also, I thought one of you guys would have for no everybody question, what will you name your dragon? But that's You should have asked it. 
Okay, continuing. <laughs> I only thought of that when I was doing the, the after game. show. I was like, yeah. Sapphire. I was like, that's a pretty good name. All right. Prince Philip tries to reach a castle, but this evil fairy transforms into a dragon. Aaron. Aaron. Maleficent? Yes. And do you know the movie? Sleeping Beauty? That is correct. Mm. It's a good one. She's a good dragon. <laughs> Next question. A troubled boy dives into a wondrous fantasy world through pages of a mysterious book. Hey? A dragon in this movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I... it's kind of a dra- Like, this Michael? was kind of like... Go ahead, Michael. I heard Water? Abe. Oh, wait. oh, I heard. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead, Abe. No, go ahead, Michael. Oh, I was gonna say the Water Dragon movie. <laughs> I mean, Aha, Abe. <laughs> Abe. <laughs> wait, wait. The page oh, master. Not the page master. It's not the page master. Mm-hmm. Say this again. Let me hear this again. <laughs> a troubled boy dives into a wondrous fantasy world through pages of a mysterious book. That's not. Hey, Aaron. Yes. I was going to say Abe. <laughs> is it the never-ending story? That is correct. Oh, yeah. Atreyu? Falcor? Falcor. Atreyu is not the name of the... Yeah, no. I said Falcor. He got it. All right, a luck dragon. A luck dragon, yeah. Because it just <laughs> looks like a dog. Yes. So it's like... <laughs> it looks like a... What is it? Like a Shizitsu or something? Yeah. Like... All right. It looks like whatever they glued wings onto to film that thing. <laughs> <laughs> a dog plus wings. Yeah. You ready for number six, you guys? It. Alrighty. A young apprentice is sent to kill a dragon that's been devouring girls from a nearby kingdom. Hmm? Hmm. So, like, they sacrifice girls to this dragon for this dragon to eat. Hmm. Young apprentice? Mm-hmm. Dragon sacrifice. I believe in a Disney, like a very like old Disney. Okay. Like, kind of like in the Dark Crystal days, probably. So it's not Peach Dragon again. <laughs> <laughs> not Elliot. The dark, the darkest of Disney movies. <laughs> I don't know. This is a this is a tough clue. A young apprentice. Yes, he's a dragon. He's sent to kill a dragon that's been devouring girls from a nearby kingdom. What other dragon? Oh, Aaron. Aaron. Is it the Black Cauldron? No. Okay. Oh, I remember that movie, but no. Uh... I, I can't remember that movie, so I don't know if there's a dragon in it. <laughs> Just let me know, and y'all give up. I I don't have a clue. All I right. Give up. <laughs> so the movie is called Dragon Slayer. Oh, Dragon Slayer. Okay. Should have known. Dragon's name is like Vermithrax pejorative. Okay. That's a great name. Mm-hmm. Kids don't even <laughs> know what pejorative uh, means. What's um, what's the guy in Ghostbusters suit? Peter McNichols' character. Peter McNichols in Dragon Slayer. What, mm-hmm. What's the guy's name? The who's who's like devoted to Vigo? Is it Ganush? Vanush? What is it? I, I that's a yeah. You know what I'm referring to though. Right? I, I know what you're referring it, to. It's that. It's Peter McNichols. That guy. It's like uh, he just the voice. No, not the voice of Vigo. Just the. Yeah, like the, the, the art guy that's working with uh, Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters 2, who's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, that guy. He's, he's the star of Dragon Slayer. Got it. Yeah. Alrighty. A young Viking aspires to hunt dragons, but instead creates an unlikely friendship. Wait, hold on. I was reading about Janusz Poha, who is <laughs> Peter McNichol. Janusz. Yeah, Janusz. Where, yeah. where are you from, Janusz? Uh, the Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. What was your, what was the clue so again? Are we are we all ready? You got those yeah. listening ears on? Turn them <laughs> yes. on. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. A young Viking aspires to hunt dragons, but instead creates unlikely friendships. Abe. Abe. Adam Shearer, your dragon, toothless. And, yep, you got it. Next one. So this one, I was having a little struggle with, like trying to reward. <laughs> like struggle reward. bus. Um. So let's see. Let me see what I can do with this. So. Like I was starting off is that it's naming the dragon that falls off the bridge of this series of films that were adapted from J.K. Rowling. So Ooh. you got to name the movie and then name the type of dragon it is that okay. falls off the bridge. What? Um, oh, well, Aaron? Aaron. So you're referring to Fellowship of the Ring? No. Falls off a bridge? J.K. Rowling? J.K. Rowling? Oh, Rowling. Oh, I, I, I heard Come Aaron. On, Aaron. I, heard, I heard Tolkien. I heard Tolkien. <laughs> I heard you Jay, heard... and then I kept going, and then okay. Oh, he went too fast. I told you, put your listening ears on. Sorry, they weren't on all the way. Slow it down. Did you have an Pass. answer, Michael? <laughs> I was going to say Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? That is correct. Okay. Does, wow. anyone, does anyone know the name of that dragon? I don't know the name of the dragon, though. <laughs> the name of the dragon is a Hungarian Horntail. Yeah, I would not have gotten that. It's Michael still gets the point, though, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I do remember that part of the. Okay, I heard Tolkien in my mind. That's what I heard. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm giving you a pat on the back. Thanks. Oh. So you got two more. You got two more. Okay. All right. Aaron like is a, Aaron is in the lead. I was confused because I heard Tolkien. I'm like, what fell off a bridge? I'm thinking, well, the Fellowship of the Balrog falls off. Balrog does. But that's not a dragon. That's why I was confused. Yeah. All right. This one, I'm so I'm sure like any of you will get this, especially Aaron and Abe, because I've heard you like. You silly with this before? And so just listen. So just listen, okay? Listen. <laughs> this crew of dwarves, elves, men, and hobbits embark on a crusade to reclaim Erebor from this dragon. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. I mean, if Aaron knows it, might as well. Smaug. There we go. That's from the From the hobbit. Uh, the desolation of Smaug. Yes. Look. That is correct. Uh, that's voiced by uh, Buttermilk uh, Cumberpatch, right? Cumberpatch. <laughs> Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberpatch. Yeah, yeah. Butter remember how there were three Hobbit movies and we talk about them all the time? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> last so, one? This okay. is the last one. and for, for all the marbles. Got it. Yep. For all the dragons in the hidden kingdom. All the scales. Or hidden, hidden world. Right. Okay. Ready? A brood of fire breathing dragons emerges from the earth and begins Abe. setting everything ablaze. Oh, Reign of Fire. That is correct. I don't know the name, but I know Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. That is and Andrew R. Butler. Jerry? <laughs> yep, Jerry's in that movie. <laughs> what a man's die. man movie. He dies. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Most of that cast dies. <laughs> I, I don't know the name of the dragon though. They, they don't have yeah, names. They, they're just they don't dragons. have names. Yeah. 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 They don't. They don't have person. They're not Sean Connery. They don't have personalities. Yeah, well, I forget what his name was. Draco. Draco the dragon, of course. Yeah, it's it's a stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> great, great score though. Well, yeah, they I, use that yeah, in a lot of trailers. They lifted the score from something else. No, they no. That's the score for that movie. It's just it, it was used in a lot of trailers after that. Yeah, it's been it's since been used in a lot yeah. of trailers. So that's how you play. Name that dragon. That was a good game. Well, I that think was fun actually. Was it called Name that uh, it was. It was. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I forgot my name. Aaron I got did. my own title of it because thinking about Aaron's like more elaborate creative titles. But the the winner is drumroll. Aaron with five points. Hey, Abe came in second with three, and then Michael with two. Oh, good game, guys. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I crushed that dragon. Yeah. And what? <laughs> How to crush your dragon? That's right. That's, <laughs> a, that's a really dark uh, video you can find it on YouTube. Sure. All right, let's move on. Let's well, good get job. to our. Good let's, job. Thank you. Thank you for that game. You're very welcome. That was fun. Good. Making it. Good. Glad. All right, all right let's get down to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash on that podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers, and they gave us also questions as well. Uh, before we do that, though, let's get to our poll question, where we put up two movies against each other, and voting for one saves that film, but the film that loses erases that film from, his- from history as we know it. So if that's it, I did a Oscar rematch edition this week, where I put Toy Story 3 against How to Train Your Dragon. The films that Oof. didn't be for the Oscar were Toy Story 3 did win the Oscar that year. Before we get to what the listeners voted for, what would you vote for in this scenario, keeping in mind that the other one will be erased from existence? How to Train Your Dragon or Toy Story 3? Okay. So I already told Aaron, like, off the podcast before we came on, I told him, I would probably lean more on voting... Wait, it's voting the one... To off, save. Right? You, you vote to save. To keep voting to save. save. Okay, so How to Train Your Dragon to Save. Because... Okay. If you get rid of Toy Story 3, yes, it was a solid ending, but, I mean, look at where we are now with Toy Story 4, so that technically could be the Toy Story 3 then. But you would not get How to Train the Dragon movies, mm-hmm. right? At all. Like, at all. Ever. Okay. So, and especially, like, going in now, like, of course, I've seen Toy Story, like, that's nothing Aaron would have to come to me, like, oh, you haven't seen Toy Story? Where Dream, like, the Dream I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. Where, like, the dragon ones where you've all hurt, you know, I've come to enjoy. So I think it'd be okay kind of saying getting rid of a Toy Story 3 to have a How to Train Your Dragon and then see where it goes. Well, that's well thought out. Mike, where would you be? Uh, I would vote to save uh, Toy Story 3 because it's just such... An emotional like capper to it all, and uh, I've I've been a fan of Pixar's works, so to see that follow through, that consistency in storytelling and everything in the Toy Story franchise, uh, yeah, I I would have to vote to keep Toy Story three. Abe, yeah, I think I think I vote for to keep Toy Story three as well. I think that uh, at this point, uh, DreamWorks would have had the success with Shrek, so I have no doubts that they would continue making. More made stuff, but I think that, that Toy Story 3 is a solid, it's an emotional oomph, but mm-hmm. I, I'm also at odds because without, uh, from an award standpoint, I suppose that DreamWorks and How to Train Your Dragon hasn't really won anything, but it has gone on to become a pretty massive project for DreamWorks. So I'm a little conflicted here, but I guess that I'm leaning more toward uh, Toy Story 3, but that's like 55-45 kind of thing. Right, because it is a little hard. Like, I yeah. agree with you, too, because, like, I really do enjoy that. I've already brought it up before in the, the recording Toy Story 3 is great. It's really good. Yeah. And, like, you have a solid ending. But, of course, it, it's not an ending. We're getting Toy Story 4. Sure. So. I, I would choose Dragon in this scenario. I do okay. think there's more of a net positive of getting the Dragon movies than not getting one out of the three Toy Story movies. Like, we still get one and two, which are great. Which are fantastic, yeah. And I think two is the best. But, um, yeah. 
uh, we we not getting any out of Dreamer Dragon at this point. I think that's more of a loss. Plus, the score's gone. And I, I mean, I'd rather have John Powell score than the third rendition of You Got a Friend in Me. <laughs> American, uh, American classic, uh, I Randy forget his name. Yeah. Randy Newman. Randy Newman. All right, well, what the listeners decided were, uh, it was pretty close. You know, another high-voted poll, but 54% for How to Train Your Dragon to 46% Toy Story 3. Aww. Okay. All Which right. is finally going to get us to, I believe, Justin's question from a few weeks back, what happens when we review a sequel to a movie that doesn't exist anymore? This, this episode <laughs> never existed. Oh, okay. Because Toy Story 4 is going to come out. It did, yeah. Toy Story, is, we're, we can't review Toy Story 4. So, yeah, we're good. We'll see what happens. We'll get there. Um, well, let's get to some questions, now. Yeah, let's do it. First question is, uh, what's your favorite film featuring a pet-person relationship? Uh, Renee has Turner and Hooch, Tammy writes the original Pete's Dragon, and Aid Below. Justin has Not Sure if Never Ending Story would count, and I would say yes it does. And lastly, Chris has a uh, big How to, Train Your, How to Train Your Dragon fan. You know what? Mm-hmm. I was, so this weekend I've been telling, I don't know why it popped into my head, but I've been thinking about watching Iron Will. So you can go with like him and his sled team. Yeah. Relationship. yeah. And also, um, Hachi. Yeah, okay. That's, Hachi, yeah. Hachi. That's yeah. like a very, I mean, that stands out as like a relationship with a pet or a dog or an, well, whatever. It's great in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I mean, the Iron Giant came to mind. Oh. <laughs> Technically, he is, you know, a space material man, so <laughs> he's a pet. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure that somebody wants us to say Lilo and Stitch, so there you go. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. Keep moving here. What are your favorite flying scenes in movies? Christopher writes, I love the flight scenes in the movie Avatar. They were awe-inspiring and magnificent to see on the big screen in 3D. A lot of care and time went into producing those epic aerial scenes wondrous. Regardless of one's personal view of the merits of the film as a whole, it was a visual delight. Scott has King Kong, specifically the ending of King Kong with the airplanes. Chris writes, have to agree with Christopher, watching the flight scenes in Avatar in 3D were incredible when it came out. Justin has Pearl Harbor, The Last Starfighter, and the Millennium Falcon in the Force Awakens teaser trailer. First time I saw it brought tears to my eyes. I love aerospace, one of the reasons I joined the Air Force. So just about every time I see planes and spaceships, I love it. Uh, Mike writes, when Will Smith makes the alien crash and says he's going to come back with another plane. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm going to get another plane. (laughs) Oh, feel to (laughs) y'all. Brian White, friend of the show, writes, flight. Wait, you didn't didn't finish the whole entire, uh, what he says to the alien when he opens up the the thing. (laughs) Welcome to Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, friend of the show, has flight, and Scott has never-ending story. Some good flying scenes. I mean, I was going to go with Avatar, but now that Independence Day has come up, it's a fun scene. I like that. Well, I like how Will Smith is like ranting as like his his parachute is like holding him back. Because he's dragging it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's dragging it, yeah. He's like, wait until I get another plane! (laughs) Top Gun? Hello? Which one? Top Gun? (laughs) Yeah, Top Gun. Aerial encounters there with the F 14. You're not wrong. I mean,. I'll probably keep talking about. It I mean, how far how far talking. away is that from your from your house? Just like uh, across the street. It's down the five. There yeah, you go. Are. It's, it's in the area. But um, you know, like that's like basically any like military type film that has big flying scenes. Mm-hmm. Red tails. I mean the dog. I mean I don't like red tail, but the dog fighting stuff it's is like fun. Not bad. Yeah. 
I mean, well, if we're going to go there, Rogue One is pretty good. Rogue One? That's a great example. I mean, mm-hmm. the Star Wars trilogy in general, yeah, all, all the Star Wars. Wars films have some pretty terrific fight scenes in them. Oh, Even pod racing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and pod racing. Uh, come back and win with all that money! I'm, I'm uh, whatever the face is. The next question is, uh, what is your favorite films about uh, featuring animals in love? Uh, Scott has Lady in the Tramp. Rachel has, obviously, Lady in the Tramp is the gold standard. Chris has Zootopia. Well, they were meant to be in harmony. Otherwise, Piranha 3D. It's um, a good answer. Animals. Any animals in love? I mean, you know, they sing a song to it in The Lion King. I'm so proud. I'm looking at you. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians. Congo and Purdy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we're not. It's awkward silence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any others? <laughs> I, I can't think of any others. I mean, like you no said, no one's singing Lion, out uh, Lion King and uh, what is that? Nala, Nala, Nala. Nala. They got a whole song and everything. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think Pongo and Purdy really does stand out. Mm-hmm. There you go. Of course, for us too. So yeah. I mean, I think that's more like a a personal like thing for us. So it's like, of course, Pongo and Purdy. Yeah. That's a good answer. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, next question here is, who are the most heroic animated characters? Justin has He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Voltron, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Snake Eyes. So a whole 80s crew, apparently. He's got him. He's got him. <laughs> Alessandro has the Iron Giant, after all. He is Superman. Mike, you put Spider-Man, specifically from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Wearing the cape, especially. Wearing the cape, yeah. <laughs> I like it. And Dan has uh, Ashitaka from uh, Princess Mononoke. Hmm. That's a good one. Saves that village. He does save that village. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> was, was Billy Bob the voice of the villain in that movie? He's the um, like the traitor guy in that movie. I don't know. I, I usually watch the Japanese uh, original language, and then I, I have the subtitles. Disney does good by their dubs on the Miyazaki. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you mentioned that before. Like, you know, yeah. Ponyo has Liam Neeson in it, right? Pa- Ponyo's Liam Neeson as the David Bowie character. Yeah, and then like it's uh, crazy. We watched, Ponyo is a crazy uh, movie. It's so well, much. Fun. We watched like Secret World of Arietti, and Will Arnett's good in that movie. Will Arnett's really good. Yeah, before he was Batman, he was Dark Father. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Father. Well, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Shades. Turtles, there you go. They're heroes in a half They're heroes in a half shield, exactly. Turtle power. You're not wrong. <laughs> so no Incredibles in this thing either? If you want to say Incredibles, you can <laughs> say Incredibles. I'm surprised no one makes no. Great answer, Michael. I would say Frozone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who, d- did you see him saving that entire cruise ship in Incredibles 2? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Speaking of great scores, the the GH Kino score with the trumpets blasting is Frozo. It's like using all his ice powers to stop that ship from crashing oh, the sea. It's, it's, it's a great, it's incredible. It's pretty it's a great score. Uh, and the last question for feedback before we get to the questions you guys asked us is: What film do you want to see win Best Picture? Uh, Stephen has The Star Is Born deserves it. Uh, deserves to win Best Picture. Um, wait, 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 hold on. Steven has a Star is Born deserves to win for Best Picture. Green Book, Best Director. Wait. I think he's saying I think he's saying Star is Born deserves to win, but he thinks Green Book will oh, win. Oh, I see what he's saying. So Steven thinks that a Star is Born is most deserving. Green Book is probably gonna win. Best director is gonna be uh for Roma, so Corone. Um Justin has Black Panther. 
Tyler has, I still have to see the favorite, but Black Clans is my choice right now, so he's with Aaron. Uh, Chris has just finished watching Black Panther, uh, gets my vote. Adam Gentry has Roma. Christopher has Black Panther. Michael Lee has Black Panther. You guys are all, uh, Michael Lee here on the show can explain his answer, but it's probably going to be Green Book or Roma. Ruben has Green Book. John has the favorite, and Michael, or Christopher, has, I haven't seen all the nominees yet, but I thought A Star is Born was wonderful, even though the story has been remade several times. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, as far as want to see, yes, I, of course I'd want to see Black Klansman wins my favorite last year, but that is also my current prediction, as crazy as that might be. It's not crazy at all. It's no. not Michael, did you have uh, thoughts on Black Panther? Well, I... I just want to see Black Panther win because it's like, you know, just my feeling about it being a comic book movie and all. And I would love to see a comic book movie win. But if I'm being realistic, going seeing how the Academy likes their uh, black and white movies or, you know, all those feel good movies like Green Book, it would either have to go to Green Book or Roma. So I, I'm not sure. It's a toss up between those two for me in terms of where it should go. But if. I want it to win. I want Black Panther to win, basically. Okay. Uh, what do you want to see in this picture? Mm, I don't know. I know I chose Roma as the winner just for like the Oscar predictions, but if it could have like dabbed in there too, perhaps Spider-Man? Like a best picture? If you want to see, yeah, for sure. Like I know it's not yeah. on the... It's a great Moms movie. for Best Picture, but... Well, if we're doing that, then yeah, I would really <laughs> love to see Spider-Man win. That would be fantastic. I'd be okay with it. Or, I guess Black Panther too. I don't know. It's just, it's a very odd year, so... I mean, we can say that for every year, but... Not yet. Um, Chris asks a question for us. What is the Oscars issue with horror films? I'm just dumbfounded that Tony Collette was been snubbed uh, and looking at some of the other leading roles, her performance is just as strong. Also, there has been some amazing scores, costume designs, and, and editing. So he's basically asking, what's the deal with Oscars and horror films? Um, it is tricky, essentially. Uh, the, 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 one per, I mean, the one prevailing thought is just the Academy puts kind of the... Their thoughts on horror just tend to think, it's horror, why should I care? Which is not great logic, but that's kind of where things are. And it seems like... It's just not yeah. horror, though. It's like comedy, too. It's, oh, yeah. They take it to where it's not, they're not serious contenders for well, this award it's, it's, show. It's snobbish. Well, what's weird what is, says. like, um, like if, no, you, I, if you were to flat out make a horror movie, uh, that probably wouldn't get any sort of attention. But if you put it in the guise of, like, a thriller or something else, that does get attention. And but it's, you have a quiet place there. It's always like... There's, well, like I mean, one, there's one that sneaks through every so often that sure. gets like a lot of it. Like Get Out last year snuck in right. and got a bunch of awards and even yeah. won for Best Screenplay. Like you can think of Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is exactly the example that I was going to go for, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you can think of The Exorcist was a Best Picture nominee. Right. Jaws was a Best Picture. Like, they, they, they get in. Every now, Aliens had like seven nominations, including Sigourney Weaver for Best Actress, which is rare. I mean, there's movies that kind of make their way in, but it always seems like there's just like one that kind of sneaks through the lines and gets major nominations, which is, right. and then you just kind of let it sit dormant for a while, regardless yeah. of the amount of critical praise or hype or 
campaigning or what have you that comes for certain things such as Tony Collette and Hereditary, which was not just deemed as a great horror performance, but just one of the great performances of the year. And yeah. I don't think they're wrong. Um, and people are going to watch Hereditary a lot more than they're going to watch The Wife, but there we have it. <laughs> but I really think it's it goes down to it not being a serious contender. Cause yeah, if it's you snobbery do, on if the Academy's do, part. If you do look back, like there's categories that the Oscars used to have that don't exist anymore. Like They used to have Best Comedy Picture, but they don't have that anymore. They had best, like, score for... Co- they never had a best comedy category. They had a best, Well, because like... there was... It was... What is it? Two... Where's my... Or... Let me Google. They had two different best picture types. There was, like, two Arabian had... Nights one or something, but, like, that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Michael? Uh, horror films not being nominated? I mean, Aaron pretty much spelled it out for me with Jaws and Get Out and Aliens, and those were... Pretty significant horror films. Um, they set, you know, they they subverted like all notions of like, oh, the yeah. whole film should be like gory or bloody or anything like that. No, it's you can have a a well thought out, well fleshed out um, horror film that has great stories and everything like that. And it is pretty disappointing that they don't acknowledge, uh, I guess, that genre because it is. You can have fun with it. I mean, people can enjoy it more for the, just the scares. There's that intense feeling that you get um, from these films that evokes uh, just as much emotion as like a Roma would. So yeah, right. yeah. There okay. There was a there was a best director Oscar that went to both drama and comedy, yes. which is really strange. It's like it was, redundant. It was the only like... the it was only the first year of the Oscars. <laughs> but yeah, it's the... they they were just putting everything in in that first well, year. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because the first year also had two best picture. It was like best artistic film and just best like picture overall. Like mm-hmm. okay. the first, the first year of the Oscars was crazy. <laughs> you know? Everyone, everyone's getting an award there. But yes, you're not, you're, you're not. Yeah, they had a best director that was divided by category by dramatic and comedy, which is intriguing, I guess. And... Oh, yes, that's what I'm, I'm. But it comes down to where it's just like it's just you don't need to have both best director, best comedy, best picture, so then they eliminated it. And then it's, again, going back to, like, you snobbery or, like, the seriousness of it. It's just... Yeah, it always tends to kind of... Even when they first brought in the, like, the 10 pictures again, which had happened before, but then when they brought back the 10 picture nominees, they did that one year or two years, and then it's like, okay, now we're down to the preferential ballot thing, and only so many make it, and it's often only been eight or nine. And it kind of eliminates the reason they did it to begin with, which was to get in more quote-unquote popular films in addition to kind of these serious contenders and now it just is kind of back to the films you'd expect to get this kind of praise while leaving out other ones sure just making this mark aaron had to fact check me i didn't have to fact check i was curious <laughs> what you're referencing well because i because i knew there that was should the be a part of the show fact check <laughs> yeah I knew there wasn't a best. Be our, uh, yeah, you should be our fact checker. Desk. I knew there wasn't a best picture for comedy. I knew there were two best picture awards for like artistic. It's a weird cat, like artistic film and the best yes. picture. There is a best director one, and so I thank you for pointing uh, that out to me. It, yeah, wasn't fact checking. Yeah, you, you guys should have. Seen that's him. not fact checking. I was I was clarifying what you were saying. <laughs> so I was trying to understand. He was over here vigorously typing into vigorously. <laughs> what? Michael and I are again neutral parties. <laughs> that's Switzerland. Oh wait, that's that's all. That was all the feedback. Oh. Yes. All the feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's move on now. Let's get to our out now presentals out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. We got a few things here. Uh, first up, feel free to give a yay or nay to any of these. Uh, first up on Blu-ray and 4K and whatnot this week, we have Ralph breaks the internet. Meh. 
It was fine. Hmm. Thought the first okay. one was better. Yeah. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Nominated for some Academy Awards tonight. For uh, best makeup, makeup, makeup and costume. Yeah. Uh, Border also up for an Oscar tonight for makeup. Yeah, right. makeup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the possession of Hannah Grace. Yeah, keep on making those movies. <laughs> okay. How many more people are we going to be possessed? Probably this? everybody. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to start at the top of the alphabet. Aaron A. Aronson is next. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Little Mermaid 30th Anniversary Edition. Yeah, check it out. Great score. I've never seen it on Blu-ray, so yeah. It'll, it'll look great. Uh, to Sleep With Anger is on Criterion this week. So I just watched this film. Because uh, I got the Criterion to review, it's with Danny Glover. It's it's a neat movie. Okay. It's like and it's post the first two Lethal Weapons, so it's like he's doing this like dramatic indie role in this movie. It's neat. Mm. like it. Uh, let's see on Shout Factor this week, Willard and Used Cars. Heard Willard, interesting Willard, about both. Willard being the rat movie. With yeah, that's one with uh, yeah, Crispin Glover. Yeah, is, which is the remake. Um, and Used Cars of Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zemeckis film. Um, and My Fair Lady, 50th anniversary edition. Yeah, that's a that's a good classic. Let's see, new to streaming, we have on Netflix, Chef's Table, Volume 6. If you're into all the food stuff, it's out there. It's about food? Well, I mean, it's called Chef's Table. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, about, kinda, it's about, it's like, chefs all over the world. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's like, depth documentary sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it like, if you went to Food Network channel, but like it's... More like cinematic looking. Yes. No, yes. It's also it's also more thematically different too. Like they uh, they'll. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's like, not like a competition. It's a very yeah. personal. Yeah. yeah it's, it's more personal. Yeah. It's like why they went into it, what their restaurant's all about, and yeah, how their so style like that is. On the cooking channel on Food Network. But yeah, this is that's the but, the premise for Chef's Day. Yeah. But this uh, or Netflix, so yeah. I mean, I like it's food. Darker. So. So. That sounds like a it's darker one. and grittier, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, darker yeah. and grittier, yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Also up, <laughs> too, so. yeah. I'd probably believe it. Also up on Netflix, Paddleton. It's a new film with uh, Mark Duplass and Ray Romano. Um, it's, oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it. It's like eighty minutes. It's not long. It's one of the. It's a Duplass style film where it's very minimal. It's just these two guys. Mark Duplass' character has cancer. Yeah, one's dying. Right? Yeah. He's dying, and it's about him kind of. It's about him and Romano working together to make it as painless as possible, essentially. So not to be confused with Paddington. No, it's not Paddington. No, it's not. There, there's no I'd hate to see a movie about yeah. Paddington dealing with euthanasia, but that's where we're at. I mean, what's wrong with people in Asia? <laughs> no, nothing with the youth, that's for sure. Oh, gosh. On Prime this week is Death Wish. I don't even know why we're in the stuff to try to write down hey. things that people should see. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, Charles Bronson? Nope, the Bruce Willis death wish. Oh, Bruce Willis. Okay. Oh, yeah. well. It's terrible. Um, He's a doctor. Yeah, sure. Movie <laughs> <laughs> <He's a> t- <laughs> Uh Next week's show, I'm not sure yet. Um, Abe and I joke that maybe we'll just have Marcus on to talk all about Medea's funeral or whatever that movie so. is and we'll just listen to him rant about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that could fill some time and be a lot of fun. He can do a whole entire, like, uh, revisit of, of yeah, all we, the videos. We just introduce the show and sit back. Like, that's... that's we, we should do that. We, we'll think of, We'll talk about off air. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a whole Medea special featuring just Marcus. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's the that's potentially the only send thing we this, have going right now. Send this podcast so, to Tyler Perry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Michael, what should people see in theaters right now? 
uh, people should see How to Train Your Dragon. And I guess if you're saying in theaters, yeah, How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> what are you seeing next? Uh, what am I seeing next? I should probably start seeing Velvet Buzzsaw next because that's been sitting on my queue for so long. Okay. Anna, what are people seeing in theaters right now? How to Train Your Dragon or Everybody Knows. Oh, yeah. The Oscar for Hottie film, which is in theaters now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh. Limited release? Limited, yes. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. They, 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 didn't get the, they, they didn't get the IMAX that they wanted for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, drama then. in IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> Any idea what you're seeing next? No. Probably just delve back into like watching older films at some point. Like. Okay. Abe? I uh, definitely would recommend How to yeah. Train Your Dragon. Uh, and oh, next, Aaron's sorry to jump yeah, in. Yeah. He's just like looking at me, like I have like I a don't plan. Know. And you like, probably, I don't. You probably, he's there's probably a movie that he's thinking of that you uh, that you're gonna watch with him right after this recording. No, <laughs> he just looked at me like I do have a plan, and I do. I was just curious what you were gonna say. Okay, sorry, Abe. Go ahead. <laughs> next is uh, if if Marcus is gonna watch Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral, I will also watch it, Marcus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to train your dragons. Good. Um, uh, Lego movie is a lot of fun. That's out there still. Alita is quite good. Certainly makes killing it overseas. Yep. Which see it in forty actually. See it in forty. Oh, you guys. I saw, I saw it in the forty. I saw it in the forty theater um, at the office over there, and it was pretty incredible. Hmm. I like it. And uh, Cold War is still out as well, and maybe wins an Oscar tonight. We'll see. Um, no, because it'll mess up my ballot. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't win. We'll see what happens, and you'll know by the time this recording airs. Um, next, I'm seeing Apollo 11, the documentary about Apollo 11. I mean, Apollo 2. Heard, heard great things coming out of festivals. <laughs> Apollo 2 is Aaron. That's what you're watching. Yeah. He has on his calendar, and it looks like a 2. As if I wrote a Roman numeral for two for Apollo 11. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of About Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog site, the, the codeisek.com. You can find me, all my written reviews over at We Live Entertainment, as, long as, my, as well as my coverage of The Walking Dead. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Follow my Instagram, Abe.Mua, Twitter.com slash Wallace Hashtag I'm still going to win. And uh, Sub 648 <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> my lovely Anabaj. Where can people find more of you? You can just go on Twitter if you want to follow me. Um, it's at right to recite, and the two is the number. Or I don't know. Yeah, you got. It. <laughs> you don't know your own. <laughs> well, no, because like I don't even like. You forgot go on your Twitter. game, and you forgot. <laughs> I don't even really go on Twitter as much anymore. So I'm just like, that's the one thing. And we've been talking about doing like a blog, but we haven't even set it up. So I'm just like, yeah, that's a thing. My Twitter's there. <laughs> Michael Lee, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can find more of me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Michael J. Lee. All right. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Fair and Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. You're also over at HSWLED, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Uh, feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had at outlpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash podcast or Twitter.com slash underscore podcast. Write at us. And please send us plenty of scary clown gifts. Or dragon clown gifts. Are there dragon clowns? We'll Probably. find out. Oh, wait, dragon clowns? No. We'll see. Don't make we'll that happen, out. please. Yeah, make yeah, it yeah. happen at out.podcast.tumblr.com. If there are any juggalos that listen to us, please don't make that happen. <laughs> 
Mike, Anna, thank you both for joining us. Michael, Anna, thank you both. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, good to have you both here. Good. It was fun. Good. good I to- hope so. I loved it. I <laughs> Was it fun? Yes, it was fun. Yes. It was. And that's uh, my question. Yes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to do it for this episode. So until next week, when we find out what Marcus thought of Medea, that's going to do it. So until then, so long. And goodbye. is bark (laughs) exactly yes thank you jimmy stewart (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember even the trailer for this movie it's like we gotta go save the dragons now it's full on jimmy stewart (laughs) (laughs) never go full jimmy stewart (laughs) is that a light fairy